0: Good morning and welcome to The Breakfast Show. You are listening right across Australia on 87.6, 87.8 or 88 wherever you are on the Faith FM network. And this morning you are joined by my good friend... Matthew, and myself, Lawson. Matthew, how are you doing this morning?
1: I'm excited today to start off our, I believe, Wednesday of the week. Yeah, uh, we if you believe, it
0: definitely is Wednesday <laughs> this, this morning, Matthew. That's it's awesome. Yeah.
1: Um, and the reason for that is I have just begun training for an upcoming triathlon that's coming. Oh, really? Um, yes. Now, I've got to give more context. Not the full triathlon. triathlon. It's just a short distance okay. triathlon. Short di- uh, where are you going to be competing? It's Lake Macquarie. Okay, um, that's running the event, and it's interesting because, uh, like, I'll give you, I'll give you the details now. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. oh, this is exciting. I, I, uh, I did triathlon at the end of
1: twenty twenty two. Like, so I'm, I'm, I'm about it. I'm into it. So, so I'm doing the short one.
0: Ah, so uh, okay,
1: yeah, two hundred and fifty meter uh, swim. It's mm-hmm. a thirteen k bike ride, right? and then it's a two point five k run. So I'm not going in for time. I'm just going oh. in the, just to have a goal to keep my health. Uh, goals set. What's place the date? Motion. What's the date of it? It's on the 17th Sunday of March. Of mu-
0: man. Okay. It's close. It's soon. But
1: like I said, good thing is, I'm not in for, for getting a time. Okay. I just want to
0: complete it. <laughs> yeah, short Absolutely. Absolutely. Awesome. I, are you, um, have you been training
1: your been swimming? Been training, been swimming, been running. I, um, I slightly pulled my hamstring. Oh, because the mate I train with, uh, his name's Lewis. He, I want <laughs> yeah, to go for a job. Louis, he made me yeah. go for, for sprints. Uh, <laughs> And that was a bad idea, actually. But, uh, hey, all for the positive vibe, well, that, of but that's that's
0: health. That's you get sucked into keeping up with faster guys and then you hate yourself. That's that's the big issue. <laughs> no, I, I I know Louie, bro. Yeah, he's guys a rocket. Eh? Oh, that's so exciting! Oh, that is so 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 excited. I'm really I'm really excited for you, Matthew. You. Oh, it's gonna be awesome! And mate, got to get on the bike as well. and Get some training in too. Go with you. You're listening to the Breakfast Show podcast on Faith FM positively different. Jo, by myself, Lawson, got my good friend and triathlete Matthew, who's who's preparing to, mate, <laughs> get my on learners. the track. Get on the track. <laughs> no, nah, that's, uh, that's so exciting. That's really, really cool. Hey, let's get into our first quiz question for today.
1: Gladly. So, the first question, friends, is what prophet's bones revived a dead man? Whoa. What prophet's bones revived a dead man? Now, we have four... Kind of solutions here for you. Four, options. To choose from. four yep. options. First one is A, Elijah, B, Elisha, C, Isaiah, and D, Jeremiah. So that's a one in four chance to win it. And you've got to get in it in order to win it. Absolutely.
0: Hey, our prize for this week is amazing too. We've got an awesome book. It is called Food as Medicine by Surat. This is a world champion. This book, if you didn't know, it in 2017, was regarded. As, it received the prestigious Gorman World Cookbook Awards. It was voted like the best health and nutrition cookbook in the world. I was actually gifted that book. Really? Yes. Someone gave it to you? The same Lewis we're talking about? Ah, oh, Louis, the bomb. Okay, this this book's amazing. Like this is it's huge. And um, I've been I've been saying this throughout the week. The reason you know it's a good book is because it's full of good information and it's also thick and heavy enough to hurt someone with if you, uh, if you whack them with it. So yeah, it's, it's a very, much a, very much a fantastic, awesome cookbook. It's also beautiful, by the way. It Absolutely. looks incredible, full of amazing recipes. Uh, do you have a favourite recipe from this one? Have Do you
1: use this one often? There's a lentil dish that uh, we've taken from her book mm. um, and you're right about that being a leafly heavy book. It's hardcover. Yeah. You dropped that from a two story building, I think. Uh, yeah, it, it, pe- pe- people better watch <laughs> out. Yeah, absolutely. You're going to need some tablets. Huh? Yeah,
0: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Are you resting up? Ah, oh, that's awesome! Hey, again, that question was: What prophet's bones revived a dead man? Was it A. Elijah, B. Elisha, C. Isaiah, or D. Jeremiah? 669. Six, 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 Matthew, what is happening in the world of positively different news this morning?
1: Absolutely. So I've titled this one unforgettable. That's who you are.
0: Unforgettable. That's who you. That sounds like a, an album or a song. It or, is a song.
1: It's a classic song. Does anyone know what that song? I have,
0: unforgettable. That's, that's who you are. Is that the whole title of the song? I have is. never heard that before. Nat
1: King Cole. Ah,
0: it's a okay. Classic. Yeah,
1: yeah. <laughs> and uh, I thought it was appropriate because it's regarding a sad condition that mm. most of us may actually go through mm. and a lot of our elderly get hit with, and that is Alzheimer's and dementia. Mm. And I've got a few stats here to like to share. So here's the first one. In 2023, it is estimated that there are more than 400,000 people living with all forms of dementia. Now, that is equivalent to 15 people with dementia per 1,000 Australians. Now, that increases to 84 people with dementia per 1,000 Australians aged over 65 and over. Now, this figure is projected to increase from 400,000 to more than 800,000 by twenty fifty eight, mm. so it's it's quite uh, an alarming stat. Yeah. So I have a question off the bat: uh, What is the difference between Alzheimer's and dementia?
0: I literally I, have no idea. I thought uh, they too. were like very similar. They're very I, similar. I, they they are both like a neurodegenerative degenerative disease. Can I yes. take a guess? Yes.
2: Yeah. Isn't dementia more um, lifestyle like? Uh, related to, to brain um, function from lifestyle rather than – and whereas Alzheimer's is just full disease. Yeah. Uh, uh,
1: I okay. think you're very close to the definition there, mm. Michelle. I'll read it here. Now, this, this following information is provided by the Mayo Clinic in the United mm. States. It says, while dementia is a general term, Alzheimer's disease is a specific brain disease. It is marked by symptoms of dementia that gradually gets worse over time. Now, Alzheimer's disease first affects the part of the brain associated with learning. Mm. So early symptoms often include changes in memory, thinking, and reasoning skills. So I thought I'd ask this other question. Now, regarding Alzheimer's and dementia, what causes the condition known as diabetes of the brain? Oh wow! Okay, uh, well we've we've
0: looked at how, as Shell just mentioned, that without challenging the brain, without you know uh, stimulation and whatnot, people and by stimulation I mean like really uh, putting the the brain through its paces and and using it, uh, people then it, it enables dementia to develop. Uh, I'm pretty sure is that is that like is that what yeah, it
1: yeah, it's in that. In that, once again, very good. It's mm. in that line of of what it, that description is. Mm. Uh, I've got here. This definition comes from the National Institution, uh, sorry, the National Institute of Health. Mm. It says poorly controlled blood sugar may increase the risk oh, of developing wow. Alzheimer's. Uh, this relationship is so strong that some have called Alzheimer's diabetes of the brain. Wow. Um, the Mayo Clinic goes on to share that since both high and low blood sugars can cause these types of harms it's especially important for people with diabetes to keep their blood sugar at target levels
0: yeah so not, not just yeah. diabetes but it just in general like it seems as though here it's a dietary there are dietary reasons why people suffer from Alzheimer's and dementia that's that's incredible I've never heard that before
1: absolutely uh, it, so it's, the problem is the insulin right mm. um, so we have these insulin problems where mm. uh, cells are having issues accepting glucose mm. as a primary fuel to be to go into the cells mm-hmm. and they eventually, they eventually die, but mm. there is an alternative uh, called these you know, fuel fuel ketones mm. that come from you won't believe it uh, where they they are actually um, they come from it's coconut oil. Oh, okay. So people
0: people are using coconut oil to you know not suffer from diabetes and cause greater issues with dementia and Alzheimer's.
1: Well, like, this lady she's a doctor. Mm-hmm. Um, her husband suffered from uh, the, the dementia, I mean Alzheimer's, sorry, I should say, and mm. he's an accountant and showed all the symptoms of not functioning properly. Mm. So she, being a doctor, went to research what kind of peer-reviewed re- journals are out there mm. to help treat um, these symptoms and reverse it even. And mm. She had success using, co- now, I've got to correctly tell you what kind, it's dehydrogenated coconut oil. Okay. Yeah. yeah. It's dehydrogenated hydrogenated dehydrogenated yeah. and dehydrogenated, yeah. and it's cold pressed. Yeah. And what it does is you have a myelin sheaf inside your brain, mm. and that coating erodes away. Mm. But the coconut oil helps to cover the myelin sheaf so your neural signals can go back and forth for your synapses in the brain. So that's how that works. Really? Yep. Yeah. I'm, well. I'm kind of shocked. That's,
0: yeah. that's a, And this is just through, like, they just, you know, ingesting coconut oil either. with your cereal.
1: Yeah. Yeah and um, you can put on your yoghurt. Vegan yoghurt, of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> And, <laughs> and um, that was one of the cues I saw. And also, the another uh, one, a clinic in England mm. has f- found that integrating children with uh, people that are you know, in dementia clinics, mm. so children coming yeah. for visitations, helps stave off dementia as well. Yeah. Because, you know, one of the main things that happened to people that are administrated into these facilities, hardly any visitations mm. on families. And they, f- they found out that kids excite the old people. Like, wow, children. I mean, that was me a long Mm. time ago. (laughs) And that's helped them uh, as another, like, not ultimate cure, but helped to stave off the symptoms, ongoing onset symptoms. Yeah.
0: The unfortunate reality of dementia and Alzheimer's is that it's impossible to cure in the sense that, like, you're still getting older and moving towards death. If if it's early onset, that's a problem, and there might be things to, to, again, stave it off. But it's just the reality of aging and you know moving into the last stages of of someone's life. So it's good to know that there are some kind of changes that we can make, some improvements that we can that we can have uh to enable, you know, better quality of life for people that are suffering from this. And whether it's eating coconut oil or spending time with young people and whatnot, which is like, all sounds positive to me. I, mean, I mean, like coconut oil sounds good. Spending time with children and whatnot is a really, really positive thing. It's also good for the kids as well. You know, we at summer camp this year uh in... I believe it was in December there was a group of kids aged you know 10, 11, 12 we took them on a bus to a local nursing home and played some Christmas songs and some carols and whatnot. And and then afterwards got the kids to go around and interact with all the different people and have conversations with them it wasn't just like walked in sung some songs left but really interact with all the elderly people who were there and the elderly people were into it and the kids who were like a bit scared and nervous and like oh and by the end they were like we love this they they had such a good time, and on, all the feedback was really amazing. So, yeah, get kids involved as well. Kids really involved. intergenerational help here and, and spending time together. It's fantastic. You're listening to the Breakfast Show podcast on Faith FM. Positively different.
1: Matthew, can you get us our next quiz question? Absolutely. It says fill in the blank. Exodus chapter forty and verse thirty four says, "Then the blank." Covered the tabernacle of meeting, and the glory of the Lord filled the tabernacle. Verse twenty-five says, and Moses was not able to enter the tabernacle of the meeting. Why? Because the blank rested above it, and the glory of the Lord filled the tabernacle. What is those blanks, friends? It's two blanks there, but it's the same answer. Mm. And yeah, it's a long one to repeat.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey, zero four nine one zero six four six six nine. Then the blank covered the tabernacle of. Meaning, oh man, I'm just thinking of like lots of funny alternative answers to it. To like then the tortilla covered the tavern, and you know, just just random <laughs> silly stuff. But uh, hey, you're listening to the breakfast show this morning, Of course. The reason tortillas came to my mind is because our amazing prize, Food as Medicine by Surad, this awesome, epic cookbook that we want to give to you absolutely for free. This thing is big, hardcover, heavy, and beautiful. Uh, we want to give it to you. The only way you can get it is to get into the draw that is happening at 8.45 a.m. on Friday morning. And you have to just answer questions. The more questions
1: you answer, the more chances you have to win. Absolutely. And why not go for this good book that if you have your health, you're going to have your wealth. And that number is to get into it. 0491
0: Again, Exodus 40, verse 34. Then the blank covered the tabernacle, and then later in 35. And Moses was not able to enter the tabernacle, meaning because the blank rested above it. And the glory of the Lord filled the tabernacle. You're listening to The Breakfast Show this morning. As I said, I was going to talk about the UK. And the reason is because there's some interesting movements happening there as we're moving closer towards a general election, which is due by the beginning of 2025. Uh, They basically, you know, I think similar here to Australia, they have the ability to call an election at one point, they have a period or a window in which they need to call it that window ends on the 18th of January 2025 so they're saying or saying that it'll be roughly around you know the end of December, the beginning of January in which they'll have an election and during election time or the lead up to an election you know, all the parties come out of the woodworks with promises and policies and whatnot, leading up to that point to try and get people on side and one of the big focuses has being around the idea of conversion therapy oh, yeah. um, or, or the ban of gay and trans conversion therapy. Now, I did a bit of a profile on this in the UK, uh, the issue specifically, the proposed legislation and whatnot, and essentially that gay conversion therapy in the modern context in the UK Essentially, doesn't exist. There was, uh, you know, I was reading through stories of of testimonies of people saying I was subjected to gay conversion therapy in modern day UK. Now, I'm not talking about a uh, hundred years ago, or say, you know, during during the, the period of like the 20s or the 30s or the 40s and whatnot. There was conversion therapy back then, but it was not, you know, this is this is the big thing. Gay conversion therapy at that point was run by public hospitals. It was it was government mandated and sponsored. It That's was bizarre. and the reason is because it was illegal to be gay. Like this wasn't a church thing, this wasn't a spiritual thing. This was a legislated law. Like it was illegal to be homosexual, it was illegal to be gay and you were subjected to state mandated gay conversion therapy that would you know use drugs that would make you infertile or uh, electric okay. shock therapy or stuff like that. Now, this legislation is very much targeted towards faith groups, uh, you know, because that's the, the common view is, oh, it's faith groups who don't commit or believe in a, you know, homosexual or gay lifestyle. They're running gay conversion therapy. Uh, but when i profiled this and the last time we talked about this on the show in the uk the the evidence that there's gay conversion therapy happening in the uk like you know the big blockbuster you know stories and testimonies coming out about this is oh i told my parents i was gay and they took me to have a conversation with my local pastor and so i was subjected to gay conversion therapy oh wow or uh i uh, was in the you know i was in a Christian um home that was uh you know it was a mental health facility and they started talking about my gen like my my sexual orientation when I brought that up in in uh, in counseling sessions I was having because you know this person they were they were depressed and suicidal and so it became a focus of their uh, of Their counselling, and they're like, "Oh, they were talking about my sexual orientation, and they weren't one hundred percent affirming." And this is their words as well. This isn't. This isn't. uh, This is from their article. It's not like someone watered this down. Uh, No, they're they're like, "Oh, yeah, they talked about it." So I was subjected to gay conversion therapy. The reality is, is that this practice in the UK of gay conversion therapy run by churches is just not taking place. Absolutely, yet there's all there's these election promises. We talked about how last October there was the promise from the Labour Party. That is being, you know, continued. That was Annalise Dodds back last October. Now, their front-running uh, candidate, um, his name is Keir Starmer. He is saying, you know, gay and trans conversion therapy, we will ban it if you elect us. This is a huge issue we need to solve and we need to sort out. Uh, but the reality is, is that... This bill exists as an effort to restrict consensual conversations regarding this issue by people of faith. And it's ultimately to restrict... people of faith from being able to talk and have an opinion on this particular issue you know we've seen Australia going down this road particularly in Victoria where you can be prosecuted for praying for people consensually and that is what's going to that. you know that is what's being pushed for here you know the restriction of consensual conversations and prayers and whatnot that you can be prosecuted for because it's seen as oh if a Christian prays for another you know, person who comes to them consensually asking for prayer because they are struggling with homosexual tendencies, and because of their faith, they might not want to. They might want to overcome their tendencies, because God has called us to overcome the wants and the lusts and the desires of the flesh. Uh, you are you can be prosecuted for that. Right. Now, in good news, this bi- there was a bill that was drafted for this that came before the House of Lords in the UK, and... You know, there's big questions there. It's before a po- official political body or the upper house of the UK parliament, uh, which is responsible for commenting on, you know, social change and laws and all of these things. And ultimately, in their debate about it, of this gay conversion therapy bill, um, 15 members uh, were, there were 15 who spoke in favour of it, but 29 who spoke against it, which is good news. This is really good news that there's a majority of people in the House of Lords speaking against it because, again, this isn't to ban and outlaw people torturing people out of being gay or making people infertile because they're gay or do electric shock therapy because people are gay. Like, that's not what this is about. This is about conversations. This is about Christians being able to speak. About their standards that are biblically given, and also, you know, the case is just common sense as well. You know, the Bible talks about it very much like this. Romans one is a fantastic read on this topic, and it talks about the fact that creation testifies of its of its you know of its evil or its wrongness or its not rightness. And you know, this isn't us sitting here saying that we hate gay people. You know, there creation testifies that all sin fall short of the glory of God, that all sin is harmful to man, whether it's lying or stealing or whatever it may be. And uh, you might be listening this morning and say, how can you, you know, compare homosexuality to lying and stealing? And the fact the reality is is that it's outside the plan that God had created, uh, you know, for for man and for for, for male and for female and, and we know that because of the prevalency of disease in that community and i'm not again sitting here saying hey uh you know like uh gay people are dirty or gay people are this or gay people are that, but it's, it, these are just medical facts that these people are facing all kinds of medical challenges, uh, all kinds of emotional challenges in regards, you know, their, their suicide rate and whatnot. And this isn't coming from the place of just pure persecution because these are Western numbers. You know, when you have 45 to 50% of the trans community kidding, committing, committing suicide, yet in one of the most affirming countries in the world this comes from the fact that we observe this very deep and real struggle might i add i'm not saying that it's fake i'm not saying that it's not real i'm not saying that people don't struggle with gender dysmorphia but rather let's look at this as a struggle that we can treat rather or a disease or a or, a, or an issue or a or a a mental disorder that we could treat rather than something that we should just let go because it is not good for anyone and persecuting people who are trying to help by having christian spiritual conversations and praying for people in these positions is definitely not the way to go either and so it's great that the house of lords looked at this and said oh nice like you like this this isn't something this isn't a road that we should go down we should enable freedom of speech and we should enable um yeah better standing in this issue you're listening to The Breakfast Joe Podcast on Faith FM, positively different. And right now we are going to get into our third quiz question.
1: Absolutely. So, starting with the letter O, what is a common tree in the Middle East? Oh, nice,
0: trees. Oh,
1: what could that be?
0: Maybe there's some some arborists out there or, you know, who are, who are you know. Tree tree cutters and whatnot and you know all about trees and you know what what famous tree from the Middle East is uh is yeah, that's the one that we're looking
1: for. Absolutely. So that's an easy question, surely. It's a starting with the letter O. What is a common tree in the Middle East? East and this morning we're promoting this book, isn't it? Yeah, There's medicine and food as that medicine be, by Sue Rad. That could be used in that book, I believe. Oh, hey, hey,
0: let's not give away <laughs> too much. Again, that number 669. Again, Surad with food yes. as medicine. medicine. We are giving this book away completely for free. If you win the draw, the way to win the draw, answer questions correctly. Again, 0491 064 669. You are listening to The Breakfast Show this morning, and we have on the phone our good friend, as usual, on a Wednesday, Jennifer Skews. Jennifer, are you there with us?
2: I am. I'm here, ready and waiting.
0: Oh, I am really great grateful to talk to you this morning because I actually realized that I- I'm probably going to see you face-to-face soon. No. <laughs> yeah, no, really really uh, uh you know, I'm not going to come up to your house and whatnot, but uh, I saw that you are coming down to Big Camp and well, doing some uh, activities yes. there. Yep.
2: I am. Uh, the women's ministry has asked me to come down and do um daily sessions um and it's on I, I believe the theme is on the mind of Christ or yeah, having mm. Jesus mind so and because I do a lot with the brain and the mind. So yeah, we're absolutely. doing five, I think, 11 to 12 every day for five days, Monday to Friday. Wow.
0: Now, So f- for those I'll who be are there li- in
2: person. Mm.
0: Yeah, absolutely. For those who are listening and don't know, Big Camp is a massive Christian conference that happens up near Coffs Harbour area at Stewart's Point. Every single, uh, year, Mm. uh, thousands of people come and there's all different tents for different ages and different demographics and whatnot. And yeah, you're going to be there throughout the day, um, helping people, yeah, obtain the Mm. mind of Christ. That's powerful, Jennifer. And I'll see you there, which is, which is also, I'm going to be there. Faith of is going to be there doing a, doing a work, hanging out, getting together. So really exciting Mm. stuff. Hey, Jennifer question. What are we talking about today?
2: Well, last week, we started looking at trust. Mm -hmm. And when you think of trust, you can't help but think of relationships. Mm -hmm. And I haven't really talked a lot about relationships. We've looked at the mind and the brain and how we think and all these amazing things. But um, I thought, well, it's time to have a look at relationships. So Mm. the question is, because I like to ask questions, and the question is, when do we start to learn about trusting or learn to trust? When does trust start in our life, do you think?
0: Oh, that's such a good question, because Mm -hmm. I I would say, like, immediately... Because we, but then it, does that mean we've learned about it? Do, because I, I just feel like innately we'd trust anything. You know, if someone, if <laughs> I was, if I was a baby and someone came to my. Mouth with a spoon, no matter who they are, like if they had a spoon yeah. with food on it, no matter who they are, no matter if that spoon was full of, full of arsenic and poison, like I would, I'd eat it because it's like, Hey, yes. it's, it's food time. You know, we have that innate trust, but that doesn't necessarily mean we learn about trust because learning about trust is understanding it's who different. we can trust, yes. you know, what is appropriate and, mm-hmm. and building trust and losing trust. So in terms of learning about it, maybe a bit older, I would say, you know, maybe three, two or three or four potentially?
2: Okay. Well, when you look at – if we think of trust, when you trust someone, you bond with them.
0: Mm.
2: You feel close to them. You feel connected because there isn't a barrier. When we trust someone, we drop the barriers. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Now, when you look at it, when does a bond start? The bond starts in the womb.
0: Immediately, yeah. Yeah,
2: Immediately. So once you've got conception and that development occurs, even – Before, um, if a woman is planning a pregnancy or a couple is planning a pregnancy, they're already connecting, okay? Then the baby's conceived and it develops and the mother is forming a bond with that baby Mm. if it's a healthy environment. Now, sadly, we have lots of unhealthy environments and unhealthy relationships, and we don't need to go into all of that. But if it's a healthy relationship between mum and dad and the baby's developing and a bond is forming, because when you think of bonds, what part of the body do you think of? Uh,
0: the Rain. Yeah. And the brain and heart. the heart. Yeah, of
2: Absolutely. It's a heart connection. Mm. And so if that's happening, the baby's in the womb and it's developing well and there's a good bond between mum and dad and the baby, then trust is <clears throat> part of that bond. Mm. Okay? So really the baby is connected and it's connection. If you don't feel connected to someone, you're not going to trust them. OK, so and a baby, when you think about this helpless state, it has it's born and the brain when a baby's born is survival. Like if I'm hungry, I'm going to scream the house down. If I'm wet or I'm uncomfortable or something threatens me, the baby lets you know. And the mother gets to know what the different cries are or the noises of the baby and adjusts accordingly. So the baby feels connected and, and trusting mum. Okay, Mm, but mm. if that is violated and mum can't do that, then the bond is broken or something happens and mum's got to go to hospital or mum's away or you don't know all sorts of things happen. Or if it's just an unhealthy uh, relationship between mum and dad, then trust is already or that bond is broken. So how do you trust? Yeah. So this absolutely. is Yeah, so when you have a look at it it starts at for, as you said from the beginning but actually the bond forms in the womb and then when the baby's born the bond continues and that's where trust is built. Mm. Okay. So um then we have models so my models will, you know, if mum and dad trust each other and there's a healthy relationship and family bonds, then we become part of it. Mm. But if that trust is broken because a bond is broken, then the baby has to learn to survive. Mm. And so we have healthy attachment or unhealthy attachment. And this is where, um, or no attachment, you know, the, the baby is without that secure attachment. And that's mm. where trust, the basis for trust is in that And in those first two years, the baby's brain is emotionally focused. It's got an emotional brain functioning and that survival brain. But the thinking brain doesn't really develop. It's there, but it's not fully aware. It's not kicking in until about the age of two. Yeah. Okay. Then we get the terrible twos because the baby's starting to think and wanting to communicate. And this is, again, where trust then develops within the family unit. Mm. Okay. So this is where we learn. And our models show whether there's trust or there's no trust. And if the bond is broken and trust is very low, you can't trust, then the brain develops in a way it has to either control everything or it becomes very emotionally focused mm. emotional chaos So this is where personality will develop from if you're securely or not securely attached and trust is is evident.
0: Now, I have a question because <laughs> we obviously inherit this so much and we don't have control mm-hmm. over whether our parents are good or bad or well, stay together or trustworthy absolutely. or break our trust. We can't mm-hmm. control this. So let's say you've been, I know, I know for me, when I grew up, like in my early years, um, my, my parents would eventually divorce when I was about. You know, sixteen, seventeen. But right. when I was younger, my parents were together, and I think at that time they had a, quite a healthy relationship. And you know that right. instilled mm-hmm. a lot of trust, and I think you know security within me. Like at, the, mm-hmm. at that young age, I was, I, I trusted people, I was secure, all those things. Um, for people who have been through a more difficult time. Mm-hmm. And who have been through a scenario and a situation in which there has been a loss of trust from that very yes. early age and a lack of bonding. And they can see those negative, you know, patterns mm-hmm. within them of uh, you know, not being able to trust people or yes. too much dependence, whatever it may be. Is there a way that they can actively work in that space to overcome those difficulties?
2: There is. And that's the good news is that if we form healthy bonds in our life and sure, if that's been a problem at a young age, then it's not always easy to do. But uh, and every child is different. In a family, you can get several children and one survives well and the others don't, or vice versa. But when we bond with someone, it might be a a friendship, even as a child, it could be another adult if we've got a very, what we call that dysfunctional family where you can't bond easily, um, or they have a surrogate family. You know, I've Mm. spoken to young people who said, Oh, I used to go to my friend's house and they were so lovely, it was so good. And so, the brain, because it's, it's programmed into the brain, um, mm. all those things are programmed. So when you have the right models and you feel connected and bonded throughout your life at any point in your life, and it doesn't have to be a parent, it can be a friend, it can be a colleague, it can be someone that we start to connect with. And I find with the work I do, I become that secure connection where people can, that can't trust that come to me learn to trust because they're now seeing a model that is is secure and they can trust me. So that mm. means the brain is now wiring in that information and if they work on it and then they can learn, who can I trust, who can't I trust? Mm. So that's a huge factor. And usually we learn by mistakes. Mm. I mean, you said you grew up and you initially had a a good bond and that trust was evident and that was broken in your teen years. Mm. But because you had those formative years, it makes a huge difference.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Mm. Absolutely. Mm.
2: But those who don't have to learn, have to find a bond in life, someone to bond with. Mm. And sadly, not everyone does, but most people can find that connection somewhere. Mm. yeah you.
0: and again i think in the language there, some people might think oh so i need to find a romantic partner in order to be able mm-hmm. to trust people again but that's not what we're saying here it's, no. it's not just through romantic partners it's through friendships it's yes it's through yeah connections with with people who yes. yeah aren't just in the romantic space
2: trust is built and if you're Insecure, and you don't trust well, or you don't bond well, and you pick a romance. Well, you're going to pick someone who can't provide that connection for Mm -hmm. you, Um, and and that's where we learn the hard way. I've learned the hard way, but um, I've learned, and it doesn't matter what time in life you you start to learn, or you can find someone to help you learn. Well, why you know why can't I trust people, or why do I pick people I can't trust in life? So mm. this is where we then look at how you can build that sort of relationship. Okay, yeah,
0: absolutely. Mm. Mm. Uh, we can go on. Oh, I was just going to say from my from my perspective, you know, I was really blessed, and I'm just thinking about now some practical application of that. If someone's listening this morning and they're like, "Okay, well, where can I find people I can trust?" You know, and mm. and for me, a huge step was becoming a Christian and joining a church, like yes. and finding a, a community and a group of people who were just lovely, amazing people who yeah you know, I've been friends with now for years and years, years. It feels yeah. like and uh, dude, I would I would uh, I'd trust them with anything. You know, I, these you are, know. these are my closest, uh, and that's not everyone in every single church, especially for myself with with faith of them and whatnot. I get around and meet lots of different people, mm. but even with the greater church community, there is this level of of this bond, this trust that I have with them because we're yes. all brothers and sisters is in Christ we all have this mission and and yeah and so it's really Positive community to be a part of, and and there are people who I've barely met before who go out mm, of their way to do mm. great things for me, who I can really rely mm. on. So yeah, I, so you be, learn that.
2: Mm. Yeah,
0: I've been mm. so blessed by that, and then I would I would highly recommend for anyone listening, yeah, if they're, if they're seeking like where can I really trust people, I th- I think there are people who are endeavouring to follow Jesus who are incredibly yeah. trustworthy and will be a huge blessing to your life.
2: Well, we can trust God, and that's how Mm. I learned about connection and trust. When I came, I well, I was always accepted God, even from a young age, but Mm. I didn't know God. And then Mm. as I was breaking down in life, I reconnected or I started to connect with God, and that's the healing process. Mm. Now I can trust others, and I have the the Holy Spirit who helps me to do that. Yeah, you, wow. you develop that awareness. So anyone out there who really is struggling, and I know they're listening because they're listening to a Christian uh, radio program. So they're yeah. going to be looking for something, searching. Well, don't give up, search for God and connect with him. And then the rest follows.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Hey, Jennifer, we've got about a minute left. Is there anything mm-hmm. that you want to leave us with?
2: Well, I think if we can work on the spiritual side of our life, as you pointed out, if we don't trust, because Mm. when you look at human beings, I'm not totally trustworthy. I make mistakes. But when you make mistakes, you own them. So if I break someone's trust, I go to them and say, look, I'm really sorry I did this, and it might be inadvertently or we don't deliberately do it, and it reconnects. Mm. So this is where when trust is broken, we have to look at forgiveness.
0: Mm. Yeah. So,
2: yeah, and that re- reconnects, that, that makes that bond stronger.
0: Absolutely. Learning to to resolve and overcome those struggles. Absolutely. We're going to continue on with the show. Thank you so much, Jennifer.
1: Thanks for being a part of the Faith FM family. Join our community on Facebook or get in touch at 1-800-FAITH-FM.